0: Y'all can go home now. Woo, he's good. Is he not good or what? Praise the Lord. It is a beautiful day. It's always a beautiful day in the Lord, isn't it? I don't know how people live without him. I don't know how people live without him. Definitely not today. I don't know how people live without him. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting him just move and. I pray your hearts are touched already. And let's see where we're going to go from here. It, it is interesting that, you know, Kevin sends out the song list. And Pastor Bill and I have already pretty much written our messages when we get those. and Well, you'll see in a minute. <laughs> Victory. Y'all know that song, Victory in Jesus. I don't sing, but I'll try. Y'all don't want me to, because... Rosalie's not in here, but she would say, "Please, don't, don't let him sing." I am, uh, I'm key challenged. What keys that in? What is a key? I don't even know. La 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 la. I'm, yeah. I was, I was slipping through the other night, and I, I, sometimes, I'll, I'll end up on Andy Griffith. You can't go wrong, right? And it was the episode where Barney was trying to sing. And that's me. (laughs) And the old farmer dude came in and sang really great and he looked really rough and they didn't want him to represent the time. I look rough, but I can't sing. Poor old Barney. I am Barney Fife. Nip it in the bud, don't let me sing, Robert. Turn off the mic if I start. (laughs) He's getting ready to, I see his hand. (laughs) I was thinking last night as I was like, oh my goodness. Today is October thirty-first. Y'all know what tomorrow is? Yeah. Christmas. <laughs> oh, come on! It is. No, I saw. I saw somebody put a calendar on Facebook and it had November and December, and all of November except two days, Thursday and Friday, Thanksgiving, were in green. Christmas, and then no December was Christmas. It's Christmas. Don't you, Amy. It's Christmas. Y'all going to find out, ain't they, Robert? Because that whole, everything's going to be Christmas here in a couple weeks. (laughs) I want to encourage you. This isn't separate from my message, but I want to encourage you as we go through this um, season, you know, what the enemy meant for evil. Last year at Thanksgiving, um, a few of us had a visitor. You know what I'm talking about, some of us. And um, we were down for a little bit. And so Christmas took a different turn for a lot of, a lot, of, probably all of us, but those of us who got that little COVID thing, we slowed down for a little bit. And I was thinking about it, and, you know, in our house, we, if you all know us, you know, my wife met Peggy Knight a few years ago, what, 12 years ago now? And then uh we went from one Christmas tree to a Christmas tree in every room. <sighs> yeah, it takes forever. And so last year we we narrowed it down to three or four. I think we had four trees last year. Because we were just not feeling good. And you know, decorating's not easy. And so we, we cut back and, but we um yeah, I know we cut back, we don't have four trees. But uh it it was it was fun because we we just we chilled a little bit more than we normally do at Christmas. We weren't as busy. We we didn't go to stuff because there wasn't stuff. We couldn't have stuff, right? We didn't even have stuff here that we normally have. So we we slowed down and we just enjoyed life. So the enemy meant evil by giving me that disease for those few weeks, but we we had a great Christmas. Seriously, it was one of our best Christmases ever. We just hung out. We just hung out. Me and Rosalie and the kids, you know, they're not going to be there much longer. They're they're getting older. They're going to go do their thing and they'll come home maybe. maybe. You know, we don't know. It's going to happen. Trust me, it goes fast. Those of you that are pregnant, you, you're going to wake up one day and that baby that's still in your belly is going to be 20. I got one that turns 15 in two weeks. How'd that happen? How'd that happen, Miss Debbie? That little kid used to cry in your room all the time. And, um, slow down. Slow down this Christmas. Slow down. It's not about stuff. It's not about parties. It's about it's about the the one that sealed that victory. So enjoy it please that's that's a that's a just an extra thing for today anyway, we live in a world today that demands so much from us it's it in the last two years it's even gotten worse more and more it really feels like to me it does like I got to do more It's like everything's just overwhelming. everything's got to be better, everything's got to be the best. Our kids today, the young people, they want more. Anybody got a teenager? Yeah, they want more than we wanted, I think, don't they? I really think they want more than we wanted. They want stuff. They want, they want, they want, they want. Y'all with little ones, I'm going to pray for y'all a lot because apparently as we get older, every generation gets more and more confused. Confused. I need the best gadget that they make. This, this, okay, like, where's my phone? Dude, you got the new i14.37 ZR Pro yet? Oh no, I got a, I don't know, I think this is a 10. (laughs) You got a 10? What's that, two years old or something? Three? It works. What's yours do? Well, mine's got a better camera, dog, and I can do this, and I can launch codes to take over NASA, or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but this works. It's paid for. It's paid for. Still works. But in the world we live in, you got to have something better. You got to have more. You know what I'm saying? You got to... If you're in business and you you got to have the best equipment, you know, your, your bulldozer is not as big as he is. His will <laughs> do more than yours. You know, um, you, you're, you're at work and, you know, I, I graduated from Liberty. Whoop, whoop, Robert. I graduated from Duke. Magna cum laude. Well, I graduated from Liberty. Thank the Lordy. <laughs> Everybody's competing. Anybody here graduate from Duke? I'm scared. Okay, come on, Harsh. I know you're a Duke scholar. I'm not a fan of Duke, by the way. Go Heels. Go Clemson. Pastor Bill, you watching? That's for you. Um, <laughs> everybody competes for more. Everybody wants more. Everybody thinks they, I'm just not enough. I gotta have more. I gotta have that edge. I gotta have that edge. I gotta have that It's just the world we live in. I gotta have more. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. And that's not how God works. I got news for you. That's not how he works. You really isn't, and I'm gonna give you some examples in a minute because that's just not how he works. The title of my message today changed 16 times this week, but because I had an interesting week, (laughs) Jacob left the room, that little rascal, I'll tell y'all a little bit about what he did to me. Are you enough? Are you enough? And I'm going to go ahead and answer the question before we even get into the meat of the subject here. Nope, you are not enough. You are not enough. You never have been, you never will be. Now, you are created in the image of the creator, which makes you cool and good, and you, you you got that going for you, but you're not enough. But when you invite him to join you, you're more than enough. You are more. Matter of fact, there's a scripture, and I didn't put it on the thing, but I think there's a scripture, y'all ever heard it? It's in Romans more than conquerors? We are more? Have you ever seen a conqueror? He's pretty bad. And we're more than him. We are more than conquerors. With who? With him. We're more than conquerors. So no, you are not good enough. But with him, you are. And I want to give you some examples today of um, some folks. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of scriptures. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm the head, not the tail. Uh, we know those scriptures. Um, with all things, God are possible. Uh, with all things, with God, all things is, are possible. It's, you know, God is, with him in charge, with him with us, I, I don't seem the victory, right? I don't need to worry about it because I've got what I need. And I am enough. And I'll always be enough as long as I've got him walking it out with me. Without him, eh, you're on your own. Good luck. I don't believe in luck, but you're going to need it (laughs) if you ain't got him. Three things I want to share with you today. Three things. Please take this. Don't forget this. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through in life, with God, he will give you strength. God will give you strength. Even when you don't think you got it, even when you don't know that you can do it, even when you don't even know you're qualified to do it, when you say, oh, not me, he can give you strength. We're going to look at a dude named Gideon. Gideon from the book of Judges. I'll be reading Judges 6, starting verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I'm the least in my entire family. Stop right here. Okay, we the folks that nobody even knows. Nobody even knows who we are down here on the street. We, we live down on the corner. Nobody knows us. We're we just here. And I'm the least in that group. <laughs> I'm a nobody and a nobody family. That's what he's saying. <laughs> but going on. Verse 16. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Here's a dude that's a nobody. And God says, Oh, you're going to be somebody with me. Then we read on in, in Judges 17. I'm Judges 7. This is awesome stuff here. The Lord said to Gideon, Verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Therefore, I tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain, go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. He had 32,000 dudes ready to go fight with him. Pretty nice little army. Probably if it was me, I'd be like, I wish I had 42,000. You know what I'm saying? Probably. How many we got? 32,000. All right. I guess we'll be all right. So, 22,000 of them at home that only left 10,000. Okay. Well, I guess... We'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way, Ray. We'll make this work. Ten thousand of us. There's some pretty nasty dudes over there. They've been mean to us all these years. But I guess ten thousand of us can handle this. Let's keep reading. Verse four. But the Lord told Gideon, "There's still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not." And then Gideon took his warriors down to the water, and the Lord told him, "Divide." The men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths to the stream. Only 300 men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, "With," (laughs) with these 300... Y'all with me? With these three, 32,000, 10,000, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Okay, so we went from 32,000 to 300. Not 10%, 1%. Uno procinto that? Daphne's not here. That's probably not a word. Uno procinto. <laughs> 300 dudes and we're going to go beat these these guys. You see, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you victory. Doesn't mean you have to have a lot means you have to have uno thing. And it's called, he's called the great I am. That's it. I don't care what else you got. I don't care if you got the new iPhone. I don't think, I don't care if you got the new bulldozer. If you got all the money in the bank. If you got a degree on the wall from Duke or Harvard Let me tell you something. I don't know if y'all know this or not, we've had some cats in the White House that graduated from Harvard that I would rather have not had in the White House. I would far prefer some people from Liberty. (laughs) Come on, Robert for president. In the White House. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) With God, amen brother. That's the thing. We've got to get our mindset. I can't do it, but boy, with him, what can I do? A few things or all things? I know y'all have heard a story of a cat named David. Right? He's out there, he's got his little sheep. He's tending to them. Again, we're talking about a guy who, you know, the prophet went out and said, Jesse, I gotta get a king. Bring me your boys. And Jesse brings all the boys and he gets down and he's like, Well, that's all of them. Oh, well, there is David. Oh, he's the one. What, David? The little guy? Yeah, old David. Once again, God shows out. God doesn't, he doesn't pick the best, the biggest, strongest, prettiest. He picks little David. We read in 1 Samuel 17. Old David. We know the story he showed up at the battlefield and he he sees this nasty guy walk out and he's he's just talking junk about God and David's not going to have anything to do with it. And so in verse 32 he says, "Don't worry about this Philistine." David said to Saul, "I'll fight him." <laughs> Saul goes, "Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and poss- possibly win. You're only a boy." And he's a man of war since his youth. You don't know nothing about warrioring. You're just a little boy that goes out and watches sheep. You really think you're going to go out there and fight this giant? Somehow God God said, Saul, give him a shot. (laughs) Ain't nobody else gone. So Saul sends him out there. And we know the story where he tries to put on Saul's armor and it won't fit cuz he's too little. <laughs> so funny how God tells us these things. He puts that in there for a reason. We think we can do things. And we're like, "Well, if I had this, again, if I had the new iPhone, I could do this." You don't need the new iPhone. <laughs> you just need God. We go on to verse 45. David's out there and the Philistine's just talking junk. Old Goliath running his mouth. And David goes, you come to me with sword and with spear and javelin. Man, that's, that's armor for war, right? But David goes, and this is it, guys. Listen to me. I come to you in the name of Mm -hmm. I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See, I don't care what you got. I don't care what you got. If you ain't got God, you're in trouble. But with God, you're good to go. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I'll cut your head off. And then I'll give it to the dead bodies of your men, to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. This is the Lord's battle. Goliath moves closer to attack. David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking one stone, just one stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead, and the stone sank in. Goliath stumbled and fell to the ground, face down. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword, chopped his head off. It happened to me in Nicaragua <laughs> no. that was God and David didn't make no bones about it David never said I'm going to kill you he said God's God is going to deliver you today to the hands of the Israelites you are gone buddy not me ain't got nothing to do with me we live in a me, 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 me world, but it's, it's a him, 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 him world. If you want to have success, if you want to have victory, I'm going to see a victory. The only way I'm going to see a victory is if I let him be in charge. He will give us strength. He will provide you with strength no matter what you face. And you don't have to have, you know, sometimes you think you've got you don't have enough, you may have too much, just like with Gideon. He had too much. Why? I mean, he could have, I really believe that he could have went in there with those 32,000 and lost. He could have lost. Why could he have lost? Because he didn't trust God. God wants you to trust him. God wants us to have faith. He wants us to, to trust his provisions for what the battle we face Not our provisions. Man, I deal with that all the time around these parts. And my next thing is going to be, God will provide you. He will give you the provisions. Around these parts, sometimes I'm sitting there going, we got to do what? With what? I'm a, I get caught up sometimes in the bean counting. It's my job here. It's what I do. I count beans. Uno, dos, tres. We only got tres beans, and we need cuatro beans. Daphne's so proud of me right now. Is it Bino? But and 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 when we when we go to Nicaragua, Ray, every year we go to Nicaragua. It's like. We need this much money. And I'm like, that's a lot of money. And then when the day comes to go, we got more than we needed. And we're able to take more. God provides. (laughs) This year, vacation Bible school scared me. Colette knows. Scared her too. (laughs) We're We're not kidding around. We're scared. And at first it was like, we don't have as many you know we had all these people moved to the beach it's like where y'all going and all these people and we don't like and you know we didn't get to have it last year because of that thing and um so this year we're gonna have vbs again and we don't have as many people and i'm like how are we gonna do this and then i'm like oh well i have a little bit of peace because there's no way we're gonna have as many kids as we normally have because you know with covid and stuff and then the registration started coming in i'm like Whoa, 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 what? 65, 70, 70, 80, 85, 90. Whoa. And then we got 110 registrations. And I'm like, I think it's one of the best VVSs we've had in a while. Yeah, he took care of us. God will give you, God will give you provisions. He'll take care of you. Y'all know the story from John two, starting verse nine, stand for six. I'm sorry. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold twenty to thirty gallons. These are big stones. Jesus told the servants, "Fill the jars with water." When the jars had been filled, he t- said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. A little backstory here. They ran out of wine. <laughs> They're at a wedding. They ain't got no wine. Gotta have wine at a wedding. Well, they ran out. <laughs> and they go, Jesus, we ain't got no wine. Wedding just ain't, ain't over yet. People still wanting to drink some wine. We ain't got no wine. Verse 9, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was noun wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everybody has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive Boone's Farm wine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Some of y'all laugh. Y'all don't, 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 don't talk to me. But you've kept the best for last. You've kept the best until now. Jesus turned water into wine. (laughs) That's all I got. I ain't got no more wine. I got some water. Well, with Jesus, anybody ever made wine? My dad, made, my, my dad was a winemaker for medicinal purposes only. Truly, it was. If he ever tried, caught you trying to drink it for fun, he'd get mad at you. But uh, it takes a while to make wine. You just don't just go water become wine. It takes a minute. You got you to gotta mix it up. You got you to gotta let it ferment and all that good stuff. And for it to become good wine, you got to wait even longer. Right? That's how we do it in the natural. But see, there's a supernatural thing going on. His name's Jesus, and he comes in, boom, just like that. And the problem is solved. He'll give you the provision. He has a track record of proving himself. Y'all know the story of a little boy the little boy he had there was thousands of people the little boys walking along Jesus is over here and he's like man there's a lot of people here yeah there how much it going to cost to feed them i don't know what well, we don't really have anything this little boy had his lunch five loaves of bread and two fish y'all know the story come on now Five loaves of bread and two fish. I know some of y'all in here that ain't even going to feed you. I ain't mentioning no names, but... And it's probably not the biggest ones of you. Some of you skinny people can eat. Metabolism. I lost that one a long time ago. Five loaves and two fishes. Two little fishies. And Jesus said, bring it over here. So let's read John 6. Verse 5, John, uh, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread and feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip was the accountant. You know, bean counter. Philip's over there going, I don't know verse 7 Philip replied even if we work for months dude even if we work for months we wouldn't have enough money have you seen how many people we don't have enough money to feed them there's 5,000 men plus the women and children we ain't got that coin verse 8 then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up well there's a young boy over there with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Apparently he was the only one in the whole crowd that had anything. Poor I mean, Dude was wealthy. Verse 10, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men, again, alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God. And distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Everyone was full. Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers that, so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets of scraps <laughs> left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. You know, we talk about it all the time. I know everybody in here said something along these lines. When I get to heaven, I want to. Most of the ladies want to see I know y'all want to see. Y'all want to see Eve and slap her. Tell the truth. Don't y'all lie. You You know, I like to see Paul and I want to talk to Peter. Peter, what was it like to walk on water? You know what's you know everybody has that thing. We all want to see Jesus, obviously. And I believe, you know, as soon as our eyes open, we're going to see him. And I had a professor one time in class, and at the end of class, he would always ask, "Anybody got any questions? Just oddball, whatever." And one day, someone asked a question. Professor Carson. And Professor Carson was blind. Just set set the thing. He was blind. He's bigger than me. A big black dude, blind, bigger than me. And he would bring in, in a wheelbarrow, basically, his notes in Braille, because they were like that big. And he'd open them up and start lecturing. And the Lord said, and you're like, anyway. So he goes, somebody said to him, When we get to heaven, what are you going to ask God first? And he said, Brother, when we get to heaven, We ain't going to have to ask God nothing because we're going to know everything because we're going to be whole. And he said, by the way, I'm going to be able to see him. I'll never forget one chapel when he when they were they were singing in chapel about the Hallelujah Square. And I don't know that song. It's an old gospel. He's in He gets up there and starts dancing down the aisle and he's blind. I'm like, oh, Lord, don't let him fall anyway, because he was excited because he was going to see Jesus. In Hallelujah Square, but when we get there, we're gonna we're gonna know everything. But I would just like to talk to that little boy, dude. What it was like when you were standing there and they weren't. Nobody had nothing, and you had five loaves of bread and two fish, and Jesus took that and fed everybody. He had to be like, I bet he took one of those baskets home. <laughs> and I want to tell you something. This story always resonates with me and some of you've heard me tell this and i'll tell it till the day i die because when god changes you you can't help but tell it i had accepted jesus and years had passed it's probably about five years after i accepted jesus you know and and that fire when you first accept jesus you're like you want to just tear up the world and i had just got to that that phase where i was like eh, you know i wasn't quite as on fire anymore yeah it happens i know all y'all are holy but come on now i everybody has a bad week anyway so you know i had i hadn't i didn't have the fire in the gut that i had had and our church at the time i was going to we had coordinated with a, a ministry in west virginia to help the poorest of the, i mean That's the poorest country, the poorest state in our country, by far. I mean, I'm telling you, I think. I may be wrong, but I believe that's right. Where we were, certainly was. And so we had worked with these missionaries there to help families in the poorest part of inner city, West Charleston, West Virginia. I'm talking poor, I'm talking poor. And the families there were they, they, they were poor, but they also were proud. You know what I'm saying? They, they wanted to be better. They wanted to do better, but it was just where they were. And it, they, they were doing the best they could. And so this, this church that we worked with set up a, an idea to have a toy store at Christmas to provide toys for the children in that community. And they didn't want to give them to them. They wanted the parents to buy into it. They wanted to have some buy in. So we had a toy store in the middle of this gymnasium in that community. And so we we went and donated all these toys. We took up a big trailer load, one of those enclosed trailer loads, and other churches brought in some. And so we were there and we had all these toys. And the parents would come in and they could spend, they could buy $100 worth of toys for each child, but they had to pay 10 cents on the dollar. So, they, were, they weren't getting them for free, but they were getting them really cheap. Half price was not even, I mean, we're talking about 10% here, buddy. Good deal. So, we go in there and we drop all those toys. It's at 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. We drop all the toys in the center of the floor. And I tell y'all this story because, I, I, <laughs> it, anyway, we put them all in the floor, and I'm like, and we're all just standing around, how many people we got to serve? there's a lot and we was like well let's just pray we're gonna pray over these toys and so we we begin to pray and i'll never forget this little old lady from the community (laughs) changed my life y'all she went over there and we were praying and she started praying and she goes lord in our eyes this ain't enough but you can make it enough and she goes, Lord, multiply these toys. Multiply these toys and make sure there's enough to serve every one of these little children. And I'll never forget, it, as long as I live, we, we set up, it was a much bigger place than this. We set up tables all around and put the toys out by age and by, um, you know, girl or boy. And people came in, they came in. I was in the back, there was a partition. We prayed with all the family, all the parents as they came through. And I was in there praying Lunchtime came. Somebody came to me and said, "You got to come see this." I said, "What? You've got to come see this." I go out. I walk around that partition, and to so this very day, those of us who were there still so talk about it. It was like not one toy had been took out of there. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> we came back from lunch. We served more and more people. At the end of the day, we filled that truck full of toys. And we took it to a warehouse, and they gave those toys to kids who all across West Virginia because. <laughs> and, and every now and then, God reminds me, I showed you, Darren. Some people read it, some people have to believe it in faith. I showed you. Yeah, it was just toys. It wasn't food, but it was toys. And I saw it with my own eyes. I can't explain it. You can't explain it because it's not natural. It's supernatural. God will provide everything you need to do whatever you need to do, but you got to have him. Without him, you're just floating out there. Last thing, God will give you peace. God will, Through all this, God will give you peace. If you're with him and you're praying to him, and you're asking him for help, he will give you peace. He will give you the strength. He will give you the provision. And as you go through it, because sometimes it ain't easy, he'll give you peace. Philippians 4, do not, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Sometimes we forget to do that, don't we? We tell him what we need, but we forget to thank him for what he's done. Lord, I just need this. I need, and you forget to say, Thank you for what you've already done. Verse 7 Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He's good. He's good. If you look around, you'll find people who are living this out in your lives. Some of us have a better grasp of it. some of all of us are still learning. I don't think there's a one of us that hadn't got some time left to learn. I think we'll learn till the day we close our eyes We'll grow till the day we close our eyes. But if you look around, you'll find people. You can look at people who understand because they step out and they do when it's impossible. You're like, really? How are you going to pull that off? I think about people in this very church, and I'll mention names, not to call out anybody, or but I think about a dude who uh, God put it on his heart to help people with different abilities. Mike Harris. Mike Harris, in Mike, Mike Harris could not in any way, shape, or form, do what he does. If it wasn't for the strength he gets from God, and he'll tell you this, if it wasn't for the provision that God gives him, and it wasn't for the peace that God gives him, that dude right there. I go to Nicaragua with Ray Holt. Ray said, don't talk about me. I didn't know Ray before Jesus, but I've heard stories. Talk to Pat. <laughs> she tell you all about him. But I ain't never seen nobody like that in my life. If you, if you ever want to do something, go on a mission trip with Ray, because he's over there doing things, you don't, even want, you don't even know he's up to something. You gotta be like, what's he up to? He's up, you know, and then him and Pastor Bill, another one, they'll get up on a, a Boeing, not an airplane, a Boeing board that's literally about to break. It's like, how's that thing not breaking? And they're up there putting mortar mix and you gotta have some peace and that provision that don't look like it's provided too much, that God's give you the strength to get up there. But they do it. They do it. God is good. We just gotta trust him. We gotta trust him. And if we do, we can do great things. I don't know where this came from. Um, I just saw it, I don't know who the author is, so I just, I, it's not me. I can't attribute it to anybody, I, just, I want to read it word for word because it says some good stuff. And I just want y'all to know I didn't write it, so somebody comes back. I saw that one day. Yeah, I didn't. It It is not mine, but I like it. God will shatter the pint-sized expectations of what his followers can do if they would learn to bring him what they already been given. Little is much when God is in it. When Christians are willing to offer their lives sacrificially, relinquishing their hold on whatever God has given them in terms of time, money, talents, etc., God will use these ordinary things to create extraordinary things. Christians must never believe their resources are too little to serve God. God delights in taking a humble, seemingly seemingly insignificant person and using him or her to do his glory. God never picked the big ones. He never picked the famous ones. I mean, let's just look. It's throughout the Bible from start to finish. He never went out and picked the popular kid. Sorry if you're popular. <laughs> Let's look at his disciples, a ragtag team, right? I talked about Gideon and and David. Queen Esther, right, you guys? You're gonna name your daughter after her with a different word, her her, um, Hebrew name, right? So Queen Esther was just a nobody. She became a queen. Joseph was a slave who (laughs) became... I don't care what you got, how much money's in your bank, what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you live in, don't matter what's in. I promise you that's all, that all, that's all that matters today. And when you close your eyes for the last time, that's truly all that's gonna matter. Because the most wealthiest man in the world, I don't care how much money he's got in the bank, I don't care if his name is Jeff Bezos or Gates or whatever. doesn't matter how much money they got. If they leave this world without him, they ain't got nothing. Please stand. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here today. I'll to leave you with this verse. Verses, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced, listen to me, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We got this y'all. With Jesus, we got this. I don't care what, I don't care what the enemy, (laughs) and he's gonna do it. We already seen him, right? We know him. He's gonna try. You don't need a sword, you just need Jesus. He is the sword go out there, take on this world, trust him, let him guide and direct you. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much. Whew, I thank you Lord, that I thank you, Lord, that I've already seen a victory. I see victories every single day when I watch you work. Lord move the junk and the, the clutter out of the way in all of our lives and let us see you. Let us see you working. Let us grab hold of that. Let us take hold of that. Let us live our lives totally attached to you. I can't imagine, because I don't have the ability to imagine, what you can do if we would just let you do it. Lord, let us grasp hold of that, each one of us. For each person here, I pray, God, you just go with us this week. Embolden us to remember these things. Bless each of us. Bless our families. And we shout victory in your name. Amen. Thank you all. I ask you to pray for us. Um, Brian, um, Pastor Bill, Miss Peggy, myself, and Robert will be down uh, at the EFI conference the next few days. Pray God moves in a mighty way with us. and All that we're doing, we're meeting our friend.